2: see what Susan has to share with us this evening. Thank you, and welcome,
1: Susan. Thank you, Justine, and welcome, Sarah Ellen.
3: Hello, Susan. How are
1: you? Oh, it's gotten a wee bit cooler, and we are all deeply thankful.
3: Mm, Did you get any rain? Nope.
1: Nope, No, Not a bit of it. No, I'm, you know, washing... And didn't get into the dishes and you know saving the rinse water and watering the plants with it and really like you know I put the stopper in the tub when I took a shower. It used that water to water the plants. It's like really dry.
3: Wow! Wow!
1: wow. Super dry. Somebody asked me if it was the driest I'd ever seen, and I said no. There was a year I think back in the late '80s, and um, we lost almost a third of the trees on the land. It was so dry.
3: Oh, wow. Wow. In the 80s. Because,
1: of course, you know, as I often teasingly say, is I have two kinds of soil, solid rock and broken rock. Mm. And so the trees are growing in solid rock and broken rock. So when there's not moisture, it can be really harsh on them.
0: Wow.
3: What does the creek look like? Well, it look, usually looks like a river, but what does the creek
1: look what like is in it? your house? <laughs> <laughs> the uh, Plata Kill. Mm-hmm. The kill. Yes, that one. Old old word for a river or creek. It's um. Mm-hmm. Well, you know we usually you stand at the bridge and you look down onto the falls.
3: Yes and they're fast-moving. Like now you would
1: look with- down onto the
0: trickles.
3: Oh, wow. I watched someone on your street doing laps in that section the last time I was at your house, like prior right. to falls. Yeah. Oh, my. Wow, that's dry. I see why you were asked. Is this the driest you've seen it?
1: <laughs> yeah, it's it's pretty darn dry. And- wow. I've been noticing uh, what seems to me to be a kind of growing trend for um, there to, to be um, certificates for herbalism or, you know, mm. a kind of um, approval. Excuse me, I'm going to sneeze. Phew! Mm. Blessings. Phew, thank you. Blessings. And and my take all along is no licenses. And because I've stood firm on that, and Aviva Rama stood firm on that, and Rosemary Gladstar has stood firm on that, there aren't any licenses, but pe- what people are kind of doing is making a back door and saying, okay, well, no licenses, but there'll be a certificate, and some herbalist will have certificates. And what? happens is when we set up structures like that is that we start to get a right way to do things and one of the keystones to herbal medicine as people's medicine is that everybody's way is the right way
3: yeah so it's like a part of a hierarchical system which is so patriarchal and not lending itself to people's medicine. Like, I love that herbalism is so open. That's one of the things that drew me to plants and herbalism, and actually, that was what came up at the conference. That was, you spoke about it at the keynote, and just prior to the keynote, some ladies and I were conversing about it in the food truck line, and there were different opinions, and... What you said was so much what came from my heart when I shared with them that I was like, wow, I've got to go be with Susan. So I I feel you on that. Like, the plants are here for everyone, and there's no right way. It'd be like being like certified to be an artist or something. Like, I, I don't get that. that that's not We're here to co-create with the plants, and they want to help us, so I don't think we should limit it to channels of entry. I'm with
4: you.
1: Yeah. If I do something wrong, I gain something from it. And I'm not making remedies. For a whole bunch of people and making remedies for myself, basically. So if I do something wrong and my remedy is messed up, I can say, oh, I see, Mm mm-hmm. But I've had times where when I did it wrong, it worked out right. And doing it right worked out wrong. So I was glad I had done it wrong.
5: Yes, and to so, me, yeah,
3: it, it carries on like the Go tradition ahead. of. It carries on the tradition of how our ancestors have all come to be in deep relationship with plants. They didn't have a circuit that was preaching to them, use it this way, formulate it this way. It was a relationship. It was a co-creation. It was doing it right, doing it wrong, not having a right, not having a wrong, but having a relationship, and doing it
1: well. That's well said, yes.
3: Yeah. Yeah, that's so important to me about plants. That's why I love that you don't make remedies and charge for remedies and you really open up and encourage people to get their hands into the plants and open their hearts to the plants because What's shared with each individual is truly special. It's unique. It's your resonance and the plants coming together, and it's shareable. And at the same time, it knows how to work deep with you to open spaces that need to be opened up.
1: (laughs) And nourished. I, I spent an evening with a woman who came to a workshop at the Wise Woman Center, back in the 80s, since we're talking about the 80s, and we've remained friends ever since. And she was asking me what I was doing, and I said, oh, well, I'm doing the Hypericum conference. And she said, oh, Hypericum, I love that plant. You turned me onto that plant, you know, way back in the 80s. And oh, I wouldn't be without my Hypericum oil, and oh. And she was going on and on about it. And then she looked at me and she said, so is there some reason you're doing a conference about it? I said, yeah it's outlawed in France you're not supposed to grow it in California or Washington or Oregon some people say that it, that it's and she's looking at me and goes really? she says gosh it's a good thing I don't read anything I just like use it and I know what it does for me
0: uh huh
1: uh mm-hmm. huh and that you know that's it she doesn't consider herself an herbalist she doesn't see people or treat people but she certainly takes care of her aches and pains and those of those she loves as well with the plants that grow around her without hardly giving it a second thought and that's what I especially like is that it becomes ordinary
0: Mhm. Mhm.
3: and it's so easy for me to see if someone were to come across hypericum or any plant really through the lens of only the pieces and the scientific study broken into like you know in vitro and in vivo and this little part and that little part it'd be hard to make sense of it and you wouldn't feel like you could have a relationship or go out and make any sense of it on your own. So I'm so grateful to come at it from the other way, the old way, the way, and relate and experience the plant because reading the scientific studies, like you said, it's, I have to study myself when we're working on Comfrey or working on Hypericum and remember that, you know, like read all between the lines there's a whole lot of missing information here for this to get to this point. And my experience and the experience of people I know are much more of a tell than what happened in the tube in someone's lab when some preparation came to them. Um, So it's really interesting to see how the vilification can happen. And then like, yeah, if there's even a certificate program, like to try to streamline the way it should be, just is so contrary to nature it's so contrary to what even each like type and plant is like how many types of goldenrod are there how, how many types of st jones wort are there there's so many ways there's so many types so mm, i think it should be free to explore just like our bodies are our bodies and they're free for us to explore they are sovereign territory it's a relationship thing <laughs>
1: I'm so glad that I dared to use an herb that I was being told would kill me, poke root.
0: It's a Mm. plant that
1: has been so powerful for me. As a matter of fact, as I stand and look out my picture window, all I can see is this enormous Phytolacca americana. Covered in flowers and green berries, literally thousands of them.
0: Mm. Mm.
1: Last year, last year, because there was a lot of moisture, this particular plant grew taller than my roof. This year, because it's been dry, it's only at about nine feet, not as tall as the roof, but it's yeah, a very oh very. Okay. Last night. I did something I've been doing for years and years which is a chat at a place online called Enchanted Forest and forest has two R's and each year that I've done a, my chat at Enchanted Forest I choose theme and this year's theme has been scented plants, plants used for smudging. And I have, hopefully in our chats, um, expanded the whole concept of smudging, that the herb doesn't have to be burned. It can be soaked in water, and that water then flung on people. Um, it can be, you know, not, not just a little burned, but a huge mass of it burned. It can be, oh, all the different things. And last night, we were talking about pelargoniums and yellow sweet clover and other plants that contain coumarin. Mm. And for years and years and years and years and years... I have known about coumarin and talked about coumarin, and I found out when I was researching for my chat last night that I knew next to nothing about coumarin. Wow. I thought that it became a lethal compound when the plant wilted, which is ca- approaching the truth it's when the plant gets a certain mold or fungus on it which then actually ferments the coumarin into an anticoagulant and it's how they make it in the laboratory
3: well that's going to be interesting for clover <gasps>
1: So, uh, 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 on one hand, I'm thinking, oh, this is very interesting, and then I turn the page and they start talking about the chemistry of the 400 coumarins Mm -hmm. and all the different plants from sweet grass to vanilla to small fruits like strawberries and black currants, uh, mullein flowers, cherry blossoms. There's a lot of different coumarins out there in nature. So And, of course, one of the reasons that I focused on yellow sweet clover is that it's a wayside weed where it grows and it's been a Dear friend to me in terms of pain relief, the tincture of the flowering tops, a few drops at a time as needed, for me gives remarkable relief from stabbing pain.
0: Mm, that
3: is helpful. Wow.
1: Yeah. A little mm. late in the year for it to flower, except some places where the roadsides have been cut it will come back and reflower again if it gets a, a, just a little more moist. Mm-hmm. And sure enough, if the sweet clover, the yellow sweet clover, yellow lotus, is cut in with grasses or silage, and it does ferment or mold then cows can get a bleeding disorder
0: mm. Mm.
1: But it's not the wilting that does it there's a whole it has to interact with a fungus which actually causes this and it can't do this to all kinds of coumarin as I As I learned, there's 400 different kinds. So it keeps coming back to complexity, doesn't it?
3: It really does. And, like, when I look at almost anything, you know, like when I try to – anything that gets streamlined, it takes away from the complexity, which to me is the robust. It is the relationship. It's the place where the individual – meets exactly what's there for them and what they need and they know it. And it's an experience that that person is in touch with. And yeah, it's, once you have it, you know it, you experience it to try to take that away or turn it into a class. And yeah, when I talked about art, it's sad to think about sometimes what happens with art and how certain things end up in museums and you're like, huh? And it's just because of, a certification (laughs) or name and it shouldn't be like that with plants it is the common every day I'm right here what do you need I'm open for you open to me don't look to someone else like that's what I mean religion is that right like we look to connect with our creator through someone else like no like you know how you were created better than someone else. So get in touch with yourself. And if you want to heal yourself, get in touch with the plants and get in touch with yourself. And that's what the seven medicines are. <laughs>
1: Blessed There be. you go. One of my favorite <laughs> periodicals, Worst Pills, Best Pills News, this month's issue gives us a report on a well-designed Australian, government-funded, placebo-controlled clinical trial called the Vitamin D Health Trial. They wanted to see what the effect of a monthly high dose of oral Vitamin D supplementation for five years would be. It's the largest trial that has ever examined this issue to date. And it showed that long-term supplementation with monthly high-dose vitamin D was not useful for decreasing all-cause overall mortality. And, in fact, after the first two years, there was a mild increase in cancer mortality among subjects that were receiving the vitamin D. The authors of the study caution against long-term use of high vitamin D supplementation. Mm. I've been collecting either. these kinds of stories for 40 years now. Like the First Violin is not the whole symphony, and it's not going to give it. The article actually goes on to say, expose your face and arms to the sun for 15 to 20 minutes between 11 and 2, and you'll get plenty of vitamin D. Ah, Yes, indeed, without sunscreen, of course. Later on tonight, Carolyn Coleridge is going to be with us. She's a licensed psychotherapist who is also a spiritual life coach and an intuitive healer. She's a former faculty member of the Pediatric Pain Program at UCLA, which is a complementary alternative medicine program where she served as a Reiki master, so stay here with us and nine o'clock East Coast time or come on back, and you'll get to hear uh, about working with the universe from Carolyn Coleridge. Do we have anybody with questions?
3: We got lots of callers. Nobody has put their hand up yet. So let me please remind everyone. if you have a question and would like to speak with Susan this evening, you do need to press one so that we are, we see your hand go up in the queue. Um, so just press one on your keypad or your computer pad, whatever you're tuning in on. And, uh, there we go. I see our first hand coming in from the seven zero four area code from the seven zero four. You are live with Susan. Hello, me. Yes, you. Okay. Um,
6: hi, Susan. Uh, thank you so much for taking my call. You started the conversation already almost like addressing what I called about, which was really magical. Um, I'm embarrassed to admit this, but I poisoned myself on accident with an uznia tincture. Um, I took way too much in a short period of time. And ever since then, I've just had like liver pain, um, nausea,
1: I need to pain. stop you right here. You cannot, yes. you cannot have liver. You cannot have liver pain. The liver has no nerve endings.
6: It feels like pain underneath my 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 rib cage. On that side. Yes.
1: Okay. I I hear you, but you cannot actually experience pain in your liver.
6: Okay, that's what I thought it was. So I'm okay. Well, at least that's good at least. Um. But it well, it scared me, and I felt very very sick. Um. After I took the, the tincture.
1: So tell me, tell me yes. of how much Uznia you took and what form it was.
6: Okay. So it was a 100 proof alcohol by volume tincture that I made out of fresh Uznia. Um, and I did um, apply like a little bit of heat to it. I just kind of screwed the cap on really tight and put it in the dishwasher a couple of times. So it would warm up a little um, and it sat there for, you know, like two, two months or something. And I took two teaspoons of it, diluted in water over the course of about two hours. And, uh, yeah, and then I was already ill.
1: According to what I've been checking out while you've been doing that, um, that that could cause some stomach upset right then. Okay. How many days did you do that for?
6: I only took that dose once. You have, to um, do and it,
1: I, you have to do it okay. for weeks to cause liver damage.
6: Okay. Okay. That's very reassuring. Um, I was already sick. Said, <laughs>
1: it's not a drug. Right. It's not a drug. You can't take okay. so much that it causes liver damage. You could do that with with drugs. You can. Absolutely. Yes. You're right. Yes. You know, you can take enough anti-inflammatories hour period to cause liver or kidney damage. It's absolutely true. But to do that with herbs is virtually impossible. Oh, Partly because you get nauseated and you throw up before you get to that point.
6: Yeah. I should have
1: thrown up. It's okay oh. that you didn't. So I I wonder if you're willing to lay down the burden of poisoning yourself.
6: Yes. i have been feeling very stupid about it. Yes, I am.
1: Okay. So we're just going to let that go. You didn't poison yourself. Okay. All right. All right? Good. Yes. So you took two teaspoons full. That's right, yeah. two teaspoons full of the tincture over a period of a couple of hours because?
6: because um, I had been ill for a couple weeks, um, and I had been taking like some teas and infusions and like gentler just like more supportive supported things and soup and all that, um, but I had a client that I needed to treat, and I was just getting very anxious because I was still symptomatic with like the sore throat and some things, and so that's why I took it because I thought okay i'm not I need to do something. Stronger. I know that was my mistake, but I, you know, I wanted to do something stronger because there was like a major financial anxiety.
1: I thought you were gonna give up having made a mistake. Yes, but just that's this is well, you story said it, the story. But past. you just said it again. Oh, you're still finding yourself at fault here.
6: Yeah. Okay.
1: So it's all right to be responsible for panicking.
6: Yeah. Yeah, I did. I
1: panicked. If we're we're responsible for panicking, then the next time we panic, we can say, hey, I'm panicking. Maybe I just want to close my eyes for a minute. Mm. Maybe I want to settle into this and say, "Um, what's really going on here? I'm going to rip myself into shape. To supposedly give to a client when I can hardly give to myself? Am no. right? I going to be willing to gracefully call and cancel? Right. Uh, you see, I think that's more where your where you guilt really is, is that you didn't take care of yourself. Not that you poisoned yeah. yourself, but that you, didn't, you weren't kind and loving to yourself. Mm. You yeah. You wanted to whip yourself into shape, and you don't yeah. like yourself. You don't like yourself for that. Mm. I had to spend a lot of time apologizing to myself after my surgery. Mm. A lot of a lot of times because myself was furious that I had allowed people to cut me and burn me and stitch me and do all those things to me and I understood that fury
0: Mm.
6: that makes sense to me
0: yeah
1: we want if no one else Take care of us, surely we can take care of ourselves.
6: Hmm. Ooh, that is not what I expected you to say. That is very poignant.
0: Hmm. Okay.
1: Yeah. So you had a cough and you had um Fever, sore throat, running nose.
6: No runny nose, no sore throat. Just like um a sore throat that keeps coming in and out. Um mm-hmm. I, I mean no fever is what I meant to say. And okay. just uh kind of like fatigue. Uh-huh. And I'm usually Have very energetic.
1: Yeah. Have you tested for COVID?
6: Three times. All came back negative. I can't catch Good. it to save my life. Yeah.
1: All right right
6: yeah
1: yeah so even you know you're feeling tired even more reason to just say I'm sorry I don't have it to give to anybody else right now yeah we need to be a role model of that for each other don't we
6: yeah Yeah, sometimes it's just the financial need of doing the session was extremely great, you know, for my family. And so it felt like there's really not a choice.
1: Absolutely understand all the excuses we can make for not taking care of ourselves. But ultimately, if you don't take care of yourself, yourself, then you're not going to be able to make any money at all. Yeah. So when you're right there at that time telling yourself, I don't have a choice, as soon as you hear those words, that should be a big flashing light, boom, 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 boom. What do you mean I don't have any choice? Mm. Of course I have a choice. I always have a choice because that choice means I have to pay my electricity bill late or we don't get to go to the movies or we have to cancel this subscription or not have this latte, then I need to do that because I've rarely found someone who can't say no to making money if they really need to. Yeah. I'm not saying take six weeks off.
0: Right.
1: I'm saying that the distress that I hear in you is distress that you bullied yourself Mm. by telling yourself that you had to, that you Mm. didn't have a choice. That's what a bully says. You have to do this. You don't have a choice. Mm.
0: Mm-hmm. When
1: I think I don't have a choice, uh, 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 this may be kind of silly, I think about people who are like kind of messed up and unconscientious, mm. really let things get like totally out of hand. And I think, you know, Susan, if you let something get out of hand for a day or two, compared to them, it's nothing. Yeah. I don't take you for the kind of person who, if you take a day off, is thereafter going to choose a life of
0: sloth. (laughs) Right?
1: Right? Yes. It sounds almost ridiculous. Yeah. I don't think it's a gateway drug. Don't worry.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I hope not. I think taking care of yourself is okay.
6: Thank you, you made me
1: laugh. That was funny. Uh, So uh, what I really like to ease sore throat is honey. Mm. And the darker the better. Um, Whenever I have a sore throat and I want to perform, Not that I have to, but I want to. And there are times when I've had very sore throats, and I want to teach anyhow.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: And I sit there with honey in a honey bear, one of the squeeze things, and I'll squeeze it into my mouth as soon as my throat starts to tickle or hurt. If that's like every couple of minutes, so be it.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: But I do that only if I truly have something to give.
0: Okay. Mm-hmm. Mm. Yeah. Yep. Mm. Okay. So,
1: with herbal remedies, especially ones that you've made yourself from fresh plants, and yeah. 100 proof, less is often more. You yeah. could have gotten, I think, a more profound healing from the uznia in terms of what you were looking for with a tinier amount.
0: Mm. Okay.
1: Be yeah, willing cool. to let the plants work subtly. Mhm. Yeah. And be very clear. Osnia, would you please help me gather my energy and be clear and concentrated enough to give this healing session? I need two hours, three hours, whatever it is. And after that, I will go to bed with a cup of hot tea. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
0: <sighs> totally. Totally. And do it. Yeah.
1: Keep that promise.
0: Okay.
6: Thank you.
1: Even if it means saying, hey everybody, I just saw this client. I was glad to be able to do it, but I don't have energy left over to cook dinner or read any good night stories. In fact, I'm going to sleep now. Goodbye.
6: Yeah, that, that's actually what I should have done. Come yeah. to think of it. Yeah. Yeah exactly what I should have done.
1: Well, not what you should have. What you will do the next time you have... What act. I
6: will do next time.
1: Yeah. next time you hear yourself saying, I don't have a choice, you'll go, ah, ha, 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 I, I, I don't try to pull that one with me. <laughs> not <laughs> it. Okay. All right? Yeah. Okay. Dream, dream blessing. Thanks for your call.
3: Good night. Thank you, Susan. Good night. All right, and I'd like to remind everyone that if you have a question this evening, you need to press 1 to raise your hand and get yourself recognized in the queue. I do not see any hands raised at this time, Um, but we do have an email question, and if you would like to hear that. Yes, please. All right, here we go. Uh, Hi, Susan. I'm calling with a question about an infection in my mouth. And it seems to be moving deeper. As of now, I'm running a low fever. I would like to call on yarrow to help. But I do not have a tincture handy and ready. I do think that I need to get sooner rather than later. Get, I do think I need to act sooner rather than later. So I'm wondering, are there ways that I can use fresh yarrow? I have plenty of that in full bloom. I also have uh, echinacea blooming. Just no
5: remedies
4: made.
3: The infection started in one tooth and is now seeming to be in my lower jaw because I'm getting a little swelling in my face. Any suggestions you could make for remedies with the fresh plant of either yarrow or echinacea are deeply appreciated. Thank you.
0: Oh,
1: dear. This is not good. Once infection settled into the jaw and cause swelling like we see in the cartoons right with the kid with a big swelling on their jaw and the handkerchief tied around it it becomes quite hard even for antibiotics to get to that infection Um, I'm sorry really sorry that you do not have echinacea tincture made what you could do I don't know that it will quell this infection at this point um last week a couple of weeks ago a month or so ago it would have been a lot of help but you can certainly use fresh yarrow leaves the lower larger leaves it's often called toothache plant in fact partly because it is antibacterial it will kill septic bacteria um may not be able to get as deep as those bacteria have gone according to your missive, however and also because it is numbing and so it will ease the pain just on the level of your not being able to feel the pain so much it is also astringent. stringent arrow fresh arrow is astringent and so it will help to calm down some of that swelling but it's quite important that you get to a dentist as soon as possible. The longer you let that infection rage, the more likely you are to have to have a root canal, and the more teeth are going to be involved. So, please find a dentist that you like and take yourself to that dentist right away. You could also dig a sinusian root. And chew on the echinacea root, or chop it up very finely. pour boiling water over it, and let it steep for an hour or two, and then drink that tea you know by sip by sip, right making enough so that you can sip it very, very frequently and or um. Echinacea is one of the many roots that have been known as a rattlesnake root, and it has been dug and chewed directly to um, counter venom as well as infection. So if you don't want to make a tea, a strong tea of the Echinacea root, you can dig an Echinacea root. Rinse the dirt off of it and then just chew it or mash it or macerate it and pack it around where the pain is in your mouth. I wish you had Echinacea tincture. You could do these things and take Echinacea tincture. And do remember that uh, dose is a drop for every kilogram of body weight or two dropperfuls for every 100 pounds. And, and I would have you take a full dose at this point of the game, maybe even as frequently as every 30 or 40 minutes to start off with until you get that fever down and the swelling down. And then you can back could back off to every two hours. See if you can find some echinacea tincture somewhere, some friend. If you can't get to the dentist right away but do, Please find a dentist if the dentist suggests antibiotics. this could be a time when you want to consider taking them. Green blessings.
3: Great, and uh, I do have another email question handy. I'll remind everyone listening that if you have a question or would like to speak with Susan this evening, you need to press one so that we can see your hand in the queue um. What would you like to do? I mean, I I can ask you questions of my own.
1: (laughs) Um, (laughs) Well, you said that you had been reading some things about Hypericum.
3: Oh, yeah. Well, one of the most fascinating things, I actually listened to a quick YouTube, and I will tell you, we do have one hand, so I'll make this kind of quick. Uh, it, it's a very fascinating YouTube, and I, I possibly will contact the folks because they certainly don't seem like they know the one and only way. But they did um, an investigation for their report, which was at um, a scientific and botanical conference, and um they titled it St. John's Wort as a traditional skin remedy. And in it, they got into the chemical paradox is what they called it, an investigation into the chemical paradox. And so how could this molecule, hypericin, um, be present in the plant, and at the same time, it be a skin remedy. And so they get a little bit into the compounds, which is fascinating, but I think one of the errors even they made, just because they're relying on one way, and I'm certainly not going to say they're making an error, but in my experience... I always make my preparations and put them out of the sun. And they attributed one of the reasons that the hypericin wasn't a problem was because it so quickly degrades in the sun once the plant has been harvested um, or put into a preparation. And they said that the traditional way that they had worked with in their research was to put the plant remedy in the sun. And so it turned red and the, particular molecule degraded and I thought well that's so interesting because you know their conclusion is right but it certainly doesn't match my experience because I put mine in the cupboard and it turns red and doesn't get any trouble (laughs) in the sun so
5: (laughs) it's all just
3: fascinating and uh yeah I I love it Yeah, wow,
1: thank you for sharing that. That's great. And they did say that it degrades once you make a preparation. So maybe that's it because we let our preparation sit for six weeks. Perhaps that's enough time for that problematic compound to degrade.
3: Exactly, and they're just thinking to attribute it to yeah, t- it being in the sun to degrade, but it's really just the harvesting and putting it into the menstruum that is causing that action. So it's so fascinating to share experience rather than make it a dictate of some type, but it could only be this way. So I just love that they're more science-minded, it seems, based on the conference they were presenting at, and they're looking into it in such a way where they're touching in with the people having experience. So very cool. Very yeah cool. very cool. All right. Yeah.
1: let's uh, get to that hand that's been raised.
5: It disappeared
0: <laughs>
1: uh, uh, <if> okay <laughs> well, you yeah. know we sometimes when Carol Raftus calls, I'm haunted by her for days afterwards. And <laughs> I remember the remember this happening uh, months ago. And that I was talking about simples, and I was explaining that I use a variety of simples, and that I don't worry about mixing them together. And that I've crafted for myself a morning drink composed of whatever infusion I'm having that day, green tea and kava root infusion. And I didn't think anything of this other than that it was an example of three simples that I was using together. They're not going together. They had been brewed separately, and therefore each day I could bring in complexity by having varying amounts of each one. So I say, you know, a third, a third, a third, but that's, I'm just pouring it into my cup. I'm not, like, measuring it. And so I trust, you know, my hand to pour a little more or a little less day by day as I need it. And then, so I didn't think much of anything about it when I said it, but then I think the next week or a couple of weeks after Carol called and said, now tell me exactly, da-da-da. And I said, oh, well, you know, this isn't like a specific da-da-da. And then she called last week and ask again and you know for days I'm like I'm thinking, it's just for me, it's not for anybody else. It's not I'm not saying this is a special thing to do. I'm not suggesting that people start their day this way. I'm saying that right now where I am in the healing I'm doing and the pain level that I'm dealing with, this is what's really working for me. Three simples. I take together in the same cup. So, there, I hope I have exercised um, any lingering doubt I had about being clear about it.
3: I love that. I love that. Um, We don't yet have a hand raised. I'll remind everyone listening, especially you in the 408. I can see you in the queue, but if you want your hand up, you do need to press 1 again, Um, as does anyone else who would like to speak with Susan and ask a question this evening. Um, All right. Don't see any hands going up, but I will say like that my experience and then especially even watching people around me that ask me questions about herbs and then once I share it with them it's like whatever I share with them at the beginning they usually um lean into it their own way and you know my husband is the best example he even said at one point he's going to share his story but he's still working on it fortunately it's nothing like major blessed be um but you know he's it's it's are there in such a way that he would rather interact with them in his way rather than do it the way I'm doing it. He'll ask a little bit of stuff, like, Do I have to do it this way? And I'm like, No, like, what are you thinking? You know, go go try it. And so he really has had his own experience, and um, it's just such a wonderful thing to do and to know that there's not really a wrong way, and most of these plants are not going to hurt us, and we can rely on our bodies and our taste buds and our senses to tell us if something's off. Um, We do have another hand, so I don't want to keep going. Um, I just wanted to share that nugget. Um, From the 215, you are live with Susan.
5: Hi, Susan. I thought I might just jump in and ask to hear a little bit more about the vitamin D and supplementation. And if you generally have vitamin D on the lower side, um, you know, what's a good way to do that other than supplementing?
1: Go outside in the sun. Between 11 and 2. Do not put on sunscreen. Expose at least your face, and your arms up to the elbows. (coughs) 20 to 30 minutes of exposure will get you about 20,000 international units of vitamin D unless you have darkly pigmented skin or older skin you are ductally pigmented or older, you will need more time to get the same amount of vitamin D. Okay. So it's actually pretty easy. I mean, really, our ancestors depended on being out in the sun, and they knew that if extra amounts of vitamin D or needed, that it is a liver-compatible vitamin. And that if you eat liver, that there will be vitamin D in it. Think cod liver oil for vitamin D. There's also vitamin A, right? Liver-associated vitamin A and vitamin D, which is a problem with cod liver oil or with any liver source, of vitamin D because large amounts of vitamin A are literally quite toxic. Hmm, okay. So eating some liver now and then, um, egg yolks have like some vitamin D. All right, look up and take a look at the foods. Sardines, I think, have vitamin D. And of course, many many foods are supplemented with it, but we want to avoid those. And I'd say, oh, I got my vitamin D, because that was a supplement, even though it was in a food.
5: What so do you think the about sun, the winter
1: time? Out in the sun and the food sources, I think. Say what?
5: In the winter time?
1: You can store the vitamin D that you make in the summertime for up to a year. Okay. Remember, I we just said that it's in the liver?
0: Yeah.
1: Yeah. So it's a storage vitamin. It's an oil-soluble storage vitamin. And again, we have um, human beings who live very far north where winter is dark day and night, right? Yeah. And they're not vitamin D deficient because when the sun is up, they expose their skin and because they eat the livers of the animals that they eat.
0: Okay.
5: All right. Thank you very much.
1: You're welcome. Thanks for calling. Green Mm -hmm. blessings. Good night.
5: Green blessings.
3: All right, and we have one hand that is raised at this time. If you've got a question for Susan, you'll need to press 1 to raise your hand and line up in the queue. Uh, The next hand is up from the 408 area code, from the 408. You are live with
1: Susan.
5: Hi, Susan. Thank you for all you do.
1: You're welcome. What's up with you tonight?
5: Question. I was on doing my fusion day by day four months ago and I ended up having a bad situation so I had to move and get rid of things and I want to get back on track. I just saw the doctor today. I have rheumatoid arthritis and he prescribed something that scared me. It's to help my immune system but I also become weaker if uh, I would be around infectious diseases. And I wanted to know if you have any simples that you can recommend, suggest to me. My my arthritis is not that severe. It's layered up. But it is showing on the lab results.
1: So let's review that the immune system is like a seesaw. And that there's two arms of it. One takes care of bacteria and the other takes care of viruses. This is very simplified. It's a little more complex than that, but it's going to work for our situation here. So you're being offered a drug that will depress the part of your immune system that deals with bacterial infections, but increase the part of your immune system that deals with viral and other kinds of infections. So they think that you're joint pain is an autoimmune problem. Right. Okay. And that by bringing up that part of the immune system, that it will be less likely to progress. But it's true even in your own body. If your own body is actively dealing with the rheumatoid arthritis, then you will be more susceptible to infections for the same reason. Okay. Does that mean that you should start taking a drug now? I probably wouldn't. Okay.
5: Yes, because I haven't had a flare-up for at at least four or five months. I get slight little aches here and there, but not enough. this kind of worries me to start something new and I don't have severe arthritis right now.
1: So I, I think you're right on with getting yourself back on drinking your regular round of infusions with a special emphasis on comfrey.
5: That's what I'm doing right now.
1: Good. All of the joint pains used to be called by the word out. So when you read older herbals and it says against the gout, it doesn't mean what we now think of as gout, although that would have been included, but it means more arthritis, rheumatoid arthritis, like those kinds of things. And comfrey is one of the stars.
4: Beautiful.
5: Thank you.
1: Especially because comfrey helps to rebuild the connective network around the bones and to help replace fluids that help float the joints.
4: Okay.
5: Now, should I consider drinking?
1: Do you do Tai Chi or Qigong? No. The answer is not yet.
5: Not yet. I tried (laughs) yoga.
1: Yoga is good, but Tai Chi or Qigong for you, you is better. God. Right. Q I. G U N G Qigong.
5: N G. Okay, I will look that up and get that started.
1: Yes. And there are online courses, there are f- online free classes, oh, and w- what I like about both of these is that unlike yoga, there should be no stress on your joints. Okay. Okay. It's pretty pretty easy if you're doing like a follow-along yoga class on your computer to overdo it. Okay. You, the nerve network around the joints is not superior.
5: Okay, I understand.
1: Right. Which is why generally our joints feel good until they feel awful, right?
0: Yes. Yeah.
1: It's not like some gradual, oh, it felt a little bad and then a little more bad. It was like, no, it felt fine. And then it felt like ah... Uh, exactly. Because, because there's not good sensory feedback there. In fact, my Qigong teacher said that there is no circulation of blood or lymph to any joint in the body unless the joint is moved.
5: Oh wow.
1: I try to say This very is active. what this is what Qigong does. Okay. It moves all recommend? of the joints. circulates qi, which is life force energy. It's Q I G or C H I G. It's spelled in a lot of different ways. Okay. <clears throat> and I'm not saying that yoga's bad. You know, I would I would say if you want to do yoga and you can find a chair class. Okay. You know what I mean? Yes. Yeah. Yes.
5: I've done that as well.
1: So, yes. So that there's less weight bearing for you. Okay. Swimming now, is also swimming is also excellent exercise when okay. r- rheumatoid arthritis is around because it allows us again good flexion and improvement in the joints without any weight bearing on them. All
5: right. Now is there anything I can take um he's doing some injections of 12 and he told me to get on a vitamin regimen for B12.
1: And this is because?
5: I guess one of the lab results that he took he says I was really lacking it. He gave me an injection today and he asked me to go buy my bottle. And I know you're not too keen on vitamins.
1: So where does vitamin B12 come from? Uh, Is that for energy? No, not what does it do. Where do you get it?
5: I'm not sure. This is new to me.
1: Ah, any animal product. Oh. Milk, cheese, yogurt, eggs, fish, meat,
0: Okay.
1: So if you don't want to take a supplement, improve your dietary sources. Okay. In new menopausal years, the Wise Woman Way, there's an appendix, and that appendix lists every vitamin and every mineral that we know is needed for human health, and it gives you herbal sources of it, food sources of it, and things that um, degrade or interfere with your use of it. So if you have access to that book, it's pretty easy just to look up vitamin B12, and there in one place you'll see all the herbs that are rich in B12. Not many of them, because basically okay. plants don't have B12. It's just found in animal products. But
0: animal I think, products.
1: Yeah, but I think like some occasional seaweed might have B12 in it. It's just... You really need to get it from animal products. And usually it's low in people who've been not eating enough animal products or haven't eaten animal products for a significant amount of time or who are well on in years. The Chinese healing system has a concept called digestive fire. Digestive fire is part of the triple warmer. We could say that digestive fire is hydrochloric acid. It's certainly fiery. And digestive fire cools and weakens with age unless it is seen to. Okay. And it requires digestive fire to get B12 out of food. Okay. So we, in general, find people who are deficient are older, like over the age of 80, or people who are vegans or eat raw food or other severely limited diets or have in the past for a significant amount of time.
5: Okay. Okay. Yeah, I'm not any on any special diet. The only thing I do is forget to eat, so because I get caught up
1: in my work. And and what I'd like to know is, did you see the test results?
5: I didn't get a chance to see them, no. Uh
1: Is there a portal or an online place where you can see them?
5: I'm I'm sure that if I request, they will give me a copy.
1: I think it's a good idea so that you have an actual idea of how low it is. And Okay. Why do you know why you received a shot of B twelve?
5: Uh, he also said my iron was low, so he put me on two iron pills a day, a shot once a week of B twelve and the new pills that I don't feel comfortable starting. <laughs> Aside from what he gave me last month. Is this another an empty?
1: It is. Is this a medical doctor we're talking about? Yes.
5: A general practitioner.
1: I'm, I'm rather shocked because iron pills are not going to bring up your iron. Liver will. Being nettle will. Molasses will. But okay. all iron pills, pills are going to do is constipate you. Okay. Both, both iron and vitamin B12 are poorly absorbed orally and through the digestive tract.
5: Yes, and I'd rather... In other words, if
1: you're low in vitamin B12 because you have low digestive fire, then taking a B12 supplement is useless because you don't have the digestive fire. To use it. Okay. So it's often given as a nasal spray. Oh, okay or sublingually, in other words, under the tongue, or as an injection.
5: Yeah, she got my right arm today.
1: You didn't offer it? You didn't offer your arm?
5: Oh, yes, I offered my arm.
1: Okay, because I don't like to think of you as a victim. I like to think of you as someone who's making responsible choices for your health. I offered my arm. Good, and and so you got a shot of vitamin B12, and the doctor would like to see you back for weekly B12 shots
5: for four weeks. Correct.
1: So how did you feel after you got that B12 shot?
5: I felt okay. I actually uh, passed some practice tests that I was taking. It was actually in a library after that, so I was able to study. I was thinking I was going to feel some energy burst or something, but I didn't get anything of that.
1: And that is very typical of people who need vitamin B12. That if you really need vitamin B12, the effect of the shot will be almost immediate, oh. and it will, okay. and it will feel like wow, suddenly my energy is back. So again, um, I understand that you feel good about this. Um, I'm unclear about them. I'm a little, you know, concerned. Um, okay.: About the reliance on supplements, and w- w- did you go with a complaint?
5: Actually, I was complaining of not sleeping at night of anxiety with depression.: And because he's a new doctor, I'm also a new patient at the clinic. I had to give him the whole
1: history. And that's when he ordered the blood work? Yes. Yeah. And do you feel less anxious and less depressed?
5: No, I actually am
1: very depressed. You may have heard us talking about Hypericum, Hypericum perforatum, Saint. Jones Word or St. John's Word. And you probably know that one of its very popular uses is to help relieve anxiety and depression.
5: Would that be in tincture form?
1: In the form of a tincture of the fresh flowering plant, yes. Fresh flowers. People have said that it is sunshine in a bottle that when they take it, they feel happy, they feel sunny, they feel energized.
5: Okay. Where do you recommend I get some of that?
1: I know that Catskill Mountain Herbals makes it. Red Moon Herb makes it. If you go to a store, they may have a brand like Herb Farm, P-H-A-R-M. Okay. It's very important that it be made from the fresh plant and not from dried plants. And the three places that I list that I know use Fresh Plant.
5: Okay. I will certainly look up that right now and get started.
1: Yeah, and I'm not... uh, It's really, of course, totally up to you as to whether you go back, you know, for your weekly visit and your vitamin B12 shot. But I would do a little research before I did that.
5: I plan to. Thank you so much.
1: Yeah, I would see, you know, how common is that prescription. I know it's not uncommon, but there's just so, there's something a little bit off about what's going on. I can't quite get my finger on it, but I'm just asking you to stay alert. Okay. And as you are, reach out for information, you know, Find out everything you can about what you can actually do to get these nutrients into you through food.
0: Okay.
1: All right. Yes, yeah, I can do that. And
5: Thank I you think, so much. I think
1: that you will feel much better.
5: Okay.
1: All righty. Okay. Green Thank blessings.
5: you so much. Green blessings Good night. to
1: you. Green
3: All right, and I don't see a hand raised at this time, so I'll remind everyone that if you've got a question, you need to press 1 so that we can see your hand going up in the queue. Um, Where would you like to go, Susan?
1: So I was walking around today thinking, oh, my gosh, I have to teach about plants this weekend. How can I do that? Look at this. Everything is, like, dead. And I thought, come on now, everything is not dead. What is still okay? And what the burdock is doing just fine. The burdock is covered in burrs, big green burrs and flowers, and it is just happy as can be. Granted, the big leaves are kind of shriveled, but they'd be kind of shriveled now anyhow. The goldenrod is bursting into bloom and it is growing in places where it, the grass is like all dried up and the goldenrod has, I guess, deeper roots and it's just somehow finding some moisture and it's looking splendid. There's 87 different kinds of goldenrod around me and I just love to see all of the different ways that it comes out and flowers. And mullein there's still some mullein sticking around because it's big, tall thing with the flowers now long gone, but nonetheless the leaves there. And I thought, well, that's pretty good. And I know in a somewhat dappled sunshine spot where there's still a wee bit of hypericum blooming. So we will definitely be able to stop there. And should we need yet another plant, well, the motherwort is pretty desiccated, but, you know, it's pretty distinctive from its seeds, odds, isn't it? Mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm.
3: Let you know when you bump into her.
1: Exactly. <laughs> In if you've ever once grasped on when you didn't mean to, you would forever remember her.
0: Yes. Ouch. How did you turn into that? <laughs> uh,
1: uh, uh. Uh, we were like, there's a a small mint that grows on my land that the field guide identifies as wild basil, and this plant is s- as scentless as they come. And every year we have a big yuck, yuck, yuck about why, or somebody called it wild basil. But when it's flowering, you hardly even notice it. It's got these small kind of pinkish flowers. The plant isn't very big, but the the Calyxes really swell up and it gets this big like round cluster of calyxes which are sharp pointed. Like the motherwort. And I was linking it with somebody and she says, Oh, how fuzzy and soft I said, Don't touch it, just it looks fuzzy and soft, but do not put your finger there. Those calyxes are sharp.
3: Oh wow. Wow. It's amazing how sharp those little delicate looking parts can be. They let you know.
0: (laughs) Yeah, sure.
3: Uh, remind everyone again, if you've got a question, we've got about 12 minutes before our guest is scheduled to join us, so you need to press 1 to get in the queue. I can um, talk about a little Artemisia Vulgaris story that has come to me in the last week and a half
1: oh please i would love to hear it
3: so that is a plant that i have been looking for and um i i've got some connection relationship with but it's been it's it's been more energetic than hands-on because i know what she looks like and i even identified her at my friend's farm um where we have a kindred relationship. We don't see each other a lot. She's not usually there, but I go there to tend her animals um, when she's off to work. And that's where I met the nanny goat that I have now. And so um, we're about the same age. She's a little older than I am. She's probably, you know, finished menopause and I'm still in it. And so uh, about two years ago, I noticed that Artemisia vulgaris was coming up at her place. And she uh, Got a, such a lovely patch of it there and i've been looking for artemisia and not being able to find it so i met a woman about a week and a half ago and i was helping her tend her place because um, she's temporarily sidelined with an injury and i was like oh do you want me to weed out this plant do you know what it is so we had a little talk about who she was and how neat it was, where she popped up where she was. And uh, so it was decided she could stay. And I did accidentally take a little piece out. And so I said, can I take this home? And so I did. And I put it in the front of our house. Well, wouldn't you know, about four days later, I'm looking around in our garden area and where we have planted potatoes and onions, which is so significant because that's the first thing my grandmother taught me to cook not the first thing I learned how to cook, but that was the first recipe my grandmother shared with me with potato and onion soup. And right there at the corner is Artemisia vulgaris, Just one, and it's her. It does not come from the one that I brought from the outside. And the timing is just great because I think I'm getting really pretty close to being finished with the menopause phase and moving into the next. So I love, Artemisia Vulgaris is just so, oh, wow, her medicine is deep and the energy that she can um, help me open into has just been so fun, curious, and, and enlightening in a deep and wise-knowing way. So that's
0: my story about her.
1: <laughs> oh, wow, green blessings are everywhere. Mm. (laughs) The plant that traditionally throughout Europe was used to denote and mark the home of the herbalist, the midwife, the wise woman. There was Artemisia vulgaris growing by her door or then hung on her door or then later still as people moved into cities painted on her door
0: mm. Mm.
1: yes
3: she is special i i actually made um had a conversation with poison ivy who showed up at the corner i think i've mentioned this before on the show and She really has started to assert herself a bit much, so um, I let her know that it was really time um, that I was going to ask her to let up. And um, I put the Artemisia that I did bring in from the other place there because it is at the side corner of our home. And um, you know, even though I had just met that Artemisia, I felt like the relationship was off to a great start because one, I asked permission from the the person who was, you know, in stewardship of the land. And, two, I had, um, you know, introduced that person to the plant and um, helped make, you know, the agreement that she could stay and the space was there for her to be. So, yeah. I love knowing
1: that that
3: relationship door yeah thank you
1: mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm. I often think of the German name common name for it which is by which means right by your foot
0: wow I did
3: not know that oh, I love that because that's how she showed up in the garden it's like right where I walk by when I go by with the wheelbarrow she's right at the edge the potato and onion garden, and she's she's such a lovely specimen. Like I couldn't miss her because my eye has been so for her lately, especially. But she's just one right now, right by my foot, right by my foot. I love that. Ooh,
0: nice. Yes. 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 Wow. Wow.
3: Well, I still am not seeing any hands. There must be a lot of wellness being celebrated everywhere this evening. Must it
1: be? Hooray! No problems. I love it when there are no problems.
3: Me too. I also
0: that don't we've a- my ask
1: in the problem-free atmosphere.
0: Mm. Let's, let's see. Abadab oop oop boop boop, 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 boop. Oh, yes, here. That's what I'm looking for. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs>
3: And I
1: uh, as a oh, I know where you, I know where it is, Susan. It's in here. Is that where it is? I think so. Yes, no. Hmm. I have this poem I was going to read. But I keep not finding it. I have it and then I don't have it. And then I have it and I don't have it. Where one photo, one photo. That's ah, that's the one we want. One photo. Good Bones by Maggie Smith. Life is short, so I keep this from my children. Life is short, and I've shortened mine in a thousand delicious ill-advised ways. A thousand deliciously advised ways I'll keep from my children. The world is at least... 50% terrible, and that's a conservative estimate, though I keep this from my children. For every bird, there is a stone thrown at a bird. For every loved child, a child broken, bagged, sunk and a lake. Life is short, and the world is at least half terrible. For every kind stranger, there is one who would break you, though I keep this from my children. I'm trying to sell them the world. Any decent realtor walking you through a real shithole chirps on about good bones. This place could be beautiful, right? You could make this place beautiful.
2: Good bones by Maggie Smith. We are walking
0: once be... Yes,
1: we could make it beautiful. So is Carolyn here yet?
3: Carolyn has dialed into the queue. And I see her here with her now. Why
1: don't we go ahead then? Carolyn is a licensed psychotherapist who is also a spiritual life coach and an intuitive healer with 25 years of experience. Carolyn Coleridge has appeared on CNN International demonstrating energy healing. She's also been on Christly Knows Best. Carolyn was a former faculty member of the Pediatric Pain Program at UCLA, a complementary alternative medicine program where she was a Reiki master. Welcome to the show, Carolyn. I hope you don't mind that we brought you on a little bit early. Oh,
4: no problem. How are you? Can you hear me okay?
1: Yes, we can hear you just fine. Thank you, yeah. Okay. So we're so excited that you were able to um, come and be with us. And I told people that you would uh, tell us uh, a story about somebody working with the universe.
4: Oh, cool. Wow, there's so much to go over. Um, so I've been doing this for a long time, like 25 years. And uh, working in mental health in the clinic, I found that people's depression was overwhelming them. And I felt a spirit, the spiritual aspect of them was... A really important part of healing because they that connects to their soul that connects to why they're here and that connects to a lot of the trauma I feel trauma is connected to like the soul's journey so it's an obstacle to overcome so i had a client who was a um a mail carrier and she really liked to be outside and she hated her job she was gonna she didn't like authority figures If she was going to be fired so I told her, she said she always had, she thought she was going crazy, she always had dreams that came true. And she said, I think I'm going to get fired. And I said, okay, since you're intuitive, let's work with that energy. So it was in a group of people. And I said, you know, when you go out in the world, you know, what are your, you know, what do you like to do? And she said, well, I love, um, you know, I love being outside and, I don't really know. I said, If you could have two thousand dollars or ten ten I said I said ten million dollars for an LA <laughs> I said, What would you do? She goes, Oh, I would start an animal farm and I said, Oh, to take care of animals, be good with them. She goes, I love animals. She says, But I, I can't do that now. That's not reality And I said, Well go out and ask the universe to, to give you a sign. So she went out on her you know, her walk as a mail carrier and and I said, Did anything happened? She goes, No, not really She said, Nothing happened when you asked the universe it's gonna come back she so there was something weird. There was a hawk that came and flew next to me and kind of looked at me and flew right over my head when I was walking. I said, you work in Compton. I said, there was a hawk in the hood? She's like, yeah, there's a hawk in the hood, you know. And I was like, how did you know it was a hawk? She like, oh, well, I, I have, like, five dogs. I have three cats and I have this and that. And I have a boa constrictor. I have a reptile, a turkey. I said, that sounds like your passion. She like, yeah, but I can't make money at it. And I said, well, that's, a, you know, a strong, a strong message. So I said, try it again, you know, go out and uh, work. And that's why she likes being a male character, she was outside. So she said that um, she went out a couple weeks. And she missed class for like three weeks. And she went out and kept asking her to show me a sign. And when she was in her satchel in Compton, this uh, this cat named Charlie jumped into her satchel. And then she and it went with her all around the block. And when she came back, the guy, the owner of the cat said, wow, I can't believe my cat stayed with you in your satchel. You must be good with animals she's like I thought that was weird she got chills all over her body and she said well I, I you know I do like them and she she's like, I can't believe what, what else happened I saw that same hawk that hawk the same hawk I said before and I said, Are you sure was the same one she's yeah like my animals, so she, she said, I thought it was a sign, and then she was I could not believe it. You know, this is kind of a tough girl. She's a former gangbanger, and she said, my boss that I worked with at Petco like 10 years ago called me out of the blue, as I kept asking, and said, do you want to, I'm going to start an animal grooming mobile unit. Would you want to be part of it? And then she said that you can also work for Petco and get like part-time benefits, and she started rolling in her head. She goes, oh, my God, I got three messages after I've asked and, like, working with the universe. So it took her a while. It took her about six months because she had, like, a she's 28, and she had a five-year-old son. But eventually she started her pet grooming business. She did the mobile Christ, the mobile grooming, and she ended up uh, working for Petco. And I didn't hear from her, and then I just kind of said, well, what happened to her? And then right out of the blue she sent me a letter and said, you know, Grand rises, I'm doing well, I'm, I'm finding my purpose, and I'm getting paid better because she's really good at grooming animals. And, and she sent me a picture of her in a pit bull. That was an example. One of my clients said, she wasn't depressed anymore. She said, no, I found my she purpose. she wasn't
1: depressed anymore. P.S., yeah,
4: depressed. right. Yes. Wow. Yeah. That was really cool. Yeah. that was amazing. Because she, just from the fact that um, she was, her passion became her purpose, and her purpose can become your passion when you work with the universe. And it can, a lot of times, be more depressed because they're off purpose. Not always, but sometimes they're off their purpose. Or in their anxiety, a lot of times they're afraid to do their purpose. So when I find those two components that kind of work together, um, having totem animals, working with, you know, nature, numbers, working with signs and messages and synchronicities, all that stuff in the universe trying to get you on your path. I feel like every soul is here for Mm.
1: Yes, Absolutely. It's often been said that psychotherapy is based on the root <laughs> word psyche, which means spirit, and yet it is uh, quite um, sternly anti-spiritual.
4: It can, yes, it can be. Yeah, I always say that because I'm an intuitive, uh, you know, uh, like psychic is of the soul and psyche is of the mind. And that is the two polar opposites, and there is a lot of control in therapy, which I think, if the therapist is not good, it can become off It can come off wrong to the patients. I mean, sometimes patients need boundaries and stuff, but um, you know, and I feel like just dealing with the personality is not going to help them with their soul evolution. Now, we do need do need therapists that work with people that are just personality-bound, like 3D. But there's a lot of people looking up to soul messages and deep soul awakenings going on the planet, and we need people that are more spiritually oriented. And the reason why I use spiritual is because I have people from all different religious backgrounds or non-religious backgrounds that need that help on a deep level. Their soul came in here for a reason, so let's figure out what it is and move them along. So when they see their grandmother in their dream, they don't think, you know, if they see a ghost, they don't think that they're going to be hospitalized. So those are the kind of things. I think those are the reasons why I ended up in mental health, and psychiatry with my own gift, and have been pretty protected by the universe, you know. Yeah, to help other people get out of their
1: difficulty. Was there a particular event that really strongly connected you to universal healing energy?
4: Yeah, um, so when I was um, studying at Columbia, I was studying to be a therapist. I was 28, and that's when the beginning of your Saturn return. That's when the planet Saturn sits in your chart, and it helps in, like, life lessons. Like, what is your soul here for? Um, energy behind, like, age 27, 28, 29 is when Saturn is hovering in your chart. And that planet helps you to grow up. And to do your heart's desire, not what you think you know, you thought you were here for, but what you're really here to do. And at that time, I started to see ghosts out of the blue. I mean, it never happened to me before. I would wake up in the middle of the night, and I would see them as clear as day, like looking at anyone. And they kept, um, they would nudge me. They would, I saw the three muses. I saw um, a leprechaun. <laughs> it was this crazy thing. was like I was opening up to a different world. I saw this Asian man that floated. I felt like he was some master. And I was really frightened, and I was like, why am I seeing ghosts all of a sudden? And I called my mother, who was a chemistry teacher, high school chemistry, but she had an intuitive experience with her whole life. And my mother said, I said, Mom, my God, I'm seeing ghosts. I'm going crazy. And she's like, so what are, how are you great? Like, she totally minimized the experience, you know. She was just like, oh, that's, that's no big thing. So it, what happened is that it normalized my experience. And then it happened. It kept happening again, and um, she said, "She," I said, Mom, are these ghosts? And she goes, Mom, to my grandmother, she's like, oh, she's like us. She's like one of us. And she's like, oh, great, how are her grades? Like, don't worry about the ghosts. I mean, that's, she's like, it's a normal part of life, and you just have to incorporate it. And here I is, I didn't want to get kicked out this of this expensive school, and um, I didn't want to think I was psychotic, which is when you hear and see things that nobody else sees. So I had to keep it quiet. So I, I went to a healer and I went to a reader. They're both wonderful readers and healers years ago in New York City um, with very dense energy. It's a hard place to open up, but when you open up there and you train there, you know, you get you know, pretty good at it. And they taught me how to protect myself and ground myself, and they told me this was part of my path. And it took me years to figure out, you know, how am I supposed to incorporate it? until one of my clients, like years later, maybe like five, six years later after I got my degree, came to be depressed and really, really sad. And I was doing traditional therapy, and she wanted to kill herself. And I was like, oh, no. It was another summer. Everyone goes to the Hamptons, I was the psychiatrist and stuff, and I had no backup. So I was like, what am I going to do? And she had a whole plan, the action, and I was a young therapist. And I was like, shoot. So what I did is I just sent her the and Reiki symbol. Like, in my mind's eye, telepathically sent her symbols. And she said, well, oh, what was that? She felt so calm. And she's like, this is really amazing. I feel so peaceful. And I said, I sent you a Reiki symbol. She said, well, you need to do more of that. And I realized, and then she, she contracted for safety. She didn't have a plan to kill herself, and she felt like it was connected to her sole purpose. Um you know, her feelings of suicidality. But um it was then I realized I gotta incorporate this in my work somehow. So yeah, that's how it got me on my path to do both being therapist Judith, and a healer.
1: Being all that you can be, not just showing one aspect of yourself but really bringing that glorious multifaceted gem. You've written about this, haven't you?
4: Yes, I have. Yes. I Tell me about, about your book. This. Yeah, Honor Your Spirit is my book. It was It came out in 2016, still selling a little bit. Um, and it's about my journey to listen to your spirit, to honor it, you know, honor the power that you are as a soul. And it's about me being a therapist and how the universe really guided me and protected me, you know, because there's a lot of things like a licensed therapist is not supposed to do hands-on healing so I had two different practices I had a a reading and a healing practice and a therapy practice and occasionally they kind of you know meshed over but I wouldn't do any healing on therapy clients unless they came in as a spiritual thing so I, I talk about how the universe can guide you on your path because I felt like God was sending me the universe wanted me to do this work together because when I did it people got better quicker and they felt like they didn't come back the therapy. They would come back every once in a while, but they really grew a souls. So that's one of my books. The other book is called Soul Wisdom. And it's just, it's like mindfulness quotes that I, all the time I worked in the hospital and I worked in mental health, I would write newsletters and I put all the newsletters together in a book. So it's a quick read that you could just open it up at random times. So you get like inspirational messages, like mindfully. And then the third book is a workbook from my first book, How to Work in the Universe. It shows you how to Look for numbers and signs, you see book eleven eleven, you see,
0: you know, um,
4: you know, messages, you see totem animals, I love working with nature and animals, and those are all helping you get on your spiritual path. So that's like a workbook for the book. And so my other book is gonna be coming out on these years. Um, like I give more examples of working with numbers and people
1: and helping them grow spiritually. Those all sound wonderful. What's the best way for people to get those books?
4: Oh, they're on Amazon. They can get them on Amazon. I think my fourth one would be be published with a publisher. But, yeah, that's a great way to
0: get
4: it.
0: So you do
1: a variety of different things. You do psychotherapy, you do deep soul work, you do Reiki. Are there other things that you do in addition?
4: Uh, yeah, I do something, I do chronic healing with the Reiki, which is um, a different healing modality. I also do something I really love called theta healing, B-A-G-T-A, theta, like the theta weights, like we're in beta now, you go to alpha. Theta is created by a woman named Bionna Steibel. She's from Idaho, but she lives in Montana now. And it's a great um, meditative healing modality that heals uh, issues on a past life, soul level, genetic, and um, historical level. So it feels like fear being like, burned at the stake. Uh, through Theta, I can like I work with some beliefs that I hear, like, you know, I'm afraid to has up, I'm afraid if I use my intuition, I'll be killed. And then what I do is shift them to the kinesiology, and um, it really helps people to shift on a deep soul level so they can start doing their soul path. Uh, the honest story of Julie kite miraculous. she's a naturopath, and she um, was also psychic her whole life, and she had a hard time. Um, she was doing work, and she found out she had cancer in her, her leg. Um, and it was very scary because she was a single mom, I think with two kids, and she's like, how in the world am I going to – and she was always trying to want people to know she was psychic, even an naturopath because of the conflict that some people had um, in Idaho, et cetera. So she um, she said, I don't know what I'm going to do, and she asked um, – she talked to her cousin about it, and her cousin was saying she was ill, so she said to her cousin, my God, I want you I'm going to command you to be healed or something, she commanded her to heal like in God's name and her cousin healed, she's like oh my God, how did that happen? She was you should do it for yourself. So she went up to God and commanded that she healed and she was healed. Now there's different steps in between it's not, you know, like different things we have to do to train, And know, i lucky I trained with her directly and she came to LA all find um Very powerful soul and And it really helps people. Like most, if they're open, most of my therapy clients, I'll do that. I'll do that in groups. I will, you know, you just shift beliefs on like the, and you just get through spirit. What I like about beta healing is that it's God-centered. It's centered from the divine. So you go down through different belief systems, past lives, genetics, and it helps people to clear on such a deep level. And I've seen people's lives shift. So I do that theta and I teach classes on intuition and dream work and I do soul retrieval which is a spiritual oriented which is a little different from the shamanic ones but I'm not sure but I, I do it, um, help people with trauma recreate and regroup back their miss, missing energetic pieces
1: of themselves to result that loss to trauma
4: and they can empower
1: themselves and they incorporate with data that's what I do. Are you working with psychoactive plants?
4: Uh, I don't. No, you mean like ayahuasca and all
1: those? Uh, psilocybin, I, things like that?
4: I don't. No, I don't. I'm uh, probably being like therapist, but I I know a lot of people who do, and I it's very huge in L.A. A lot of, even like she went to, she's Peruvian, so she got, I connected her to a woman who does ayahuasca, and it really helped her at this level. So I do believe the plant community is a community that I've opened up to more and more, and I highly respect it. I mean, I did attend a be in, um cannabis ceremony about a year and a half ago, and they showed us how sacred it has to be towards plants, and, but um, I am connected through crystals. I work with a lot of crystals, and I connect to them on a deep level, and I can tell which ones people need, and... Um, they come show up in my dreams, you know, certain crystals, and then I'll I'll look them up and inspect what I need or what other people need. So to me, that's part of the um, earth medicine community. But I, I respect the plant path.
1: It goes along with the theme that Sarah Ellen was developing earlier this evening about there not being a way to really Make rules about healing because it's an individual um, co-creation, mm-hmm. and it Poor has to be plenty. different. It has to be different each time.
4: I can see that because uh, there's stuff I've read about crystals and books that I really respect, and then I have my own connection with them, and I'll have a different experience with some of them, you know, than what other people have. Because I, I, you know, they, they are like stone people they're being
1: intelligent yes yeah grandmother Twyla was very much into the stone people oh was she oh yeah we spent a lot of time on the stone and listening to the stone people she said you know you have to go a lot slower to listen to the plants but you have to go a lot lot slower to listen to the stones
4: interesting there was a great book years ago that I started out with called Love Is in the Earth by Melody. Um and Yeah, I don't know if you remember that book, yeah, but and I just looked her up and she passed on and I was like, Oh, all these great teachers passed on. Yeah, they said mm-hmm. she went back to be in the void. <laughs> yeah. So a, a lot of teachers I passed on. Somebody else who wrote, um you No know, Dania Roman, who wrote um creating money. Uh, she just died.
0: For
4: the for creating money, soul love, and personal awareness. They're Orin
1: and Devon, great channel, great book. Mm. Yeah, I, it's fascinating to hear how did their work. It's wonderful that Reiki has become so accepted. I remember when Dolores Krieger was first doing hands-on work as a nurse, and the absolute uproar that it caused. And I hear an mm-hmm. echo of that, that as a therapist, you're not allowed to do any hands-on work.
4: Yeah, yeah. The Lord, to give uh, a therapeutic touch. Amazing. Um, yeah, and then it was really through spirit that got me into UCLA. I was just, um, you know, a lot of trauma giving me tragedy. So I, was, I had a tumor, and um, I ended up leaving my job. So like lost crazy. So I just left. And I said, okay, the university you have to take care of me. So I was really pushed out. Um, and I ended up uh, doing healing for my church Agape, like a volunteer. And I think that if you want to be a straight the minister at the time said, hey, if you get kicked out of your job,
0: hallelujah, then
4: God wants to help you. So I was like, okay, you know, volunteers. I volunteered that weekend. And then I bumped into this woman, Cynthia, who was a PhD. And she said, um, we bumped back to back. We're both doing healing. And we kind of joked and grabbed some, you know, nuts or whatever and we're talking. And I said, what do you do? She goes, I'm a therapist. I said, I'm a therapist. And I, said, oh, I'm a therapist. And I thought we we're both doing hands-on healing. And I was posted, which was, well, this is why we're here. The church is open to it. And she goes, by the way, you know, she just liked my vibe. She goes, UCLA is looking for a healer. And I was like, what? Because I'd ask God, why am I getting kicked my job? I'm such a good therapist. People love my classes. And- You know, and my boss is really jealous. They want the light. You know, you'll find that, like you mentioned before, psycho (laughs) see a lot of psycho people, and um, you know, and they sometimes they don't like the light. They don't like people really getting better. It's so crazy. You'd be surprised. You know, and um, I just so I talked to this woman Cynthia, and she's like, hey, you know, like you should go and interview. They're looking for a healer, and I'm like, what? I just asked the universe, how can I be of service? I mean, pushed out of my job, even though this was um, a better opportunity. So I went to the interview, and the psychi- the um, pediatrician, the psychologist, they hired me. I was like, ooh. Now, I, I didn't get paid until I had a case with a family, children who are in chronic pain. And many of those children were really quite powerful. They all had intuitive gifts. A lot of them were on the spectrum. A lot of them were very sensitive to that Internalized and somatized pain in their family, so we had a hypnotist, we had a massage therapist, we had a therapist, we had um, you know acupuncturist, yoga, and I was the energy healer, and I just you know would do healing and I show the kids the chakra chart like oh I know those colors those are the colors that are around you or those are the colors that came around my dad and I was like wow these are old buildings here they're too sensitive to the world. So I so I got so every once in a while I would get a case and I would go to their homes or see them in a hospital and do some healings and actually UCLA is like thirteen at that time integrative medicine programs. You know, they use it for more research, but it was a great experience. And then by coincidence, this psychiatrist, Judith Orloff, the kind of the crazy words, intuitive empath, she was friends with the doctor that ran the pediatrician that ran the program. She said, "Hey, I want an energy healer on the CNN show, Do you know of any?" And I was like the only one available. So the universe kind of set me. I know, and you see, the set me up in a positive way, and it, and it got me that, and it was so perfect because um, it was CNN. It helped my practice for years. Still does. And Dr. Oz introduced the segment. And they did have somebody negative on there, but I ended up dating this guy who was a computer person. He cut out that part. You know, he did videos. And um, it was perfect. And so I put it on the website, and they showed how much it helped. And I didn't even see the girl I helped. now a therapist herself. Um, She's 16. Now she's, like, 26 or something, but um, maybe older. Um, But I was just like, see how the universe will take care of you when you do your path, miraculous, honestly.
1: Absolutely. That's so beautiful. really makes me smile.
0: Mm
1: -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, All we have to do is show up and say yes.
4: Yeah, yeah. When you start to say yes and you get on your spiritual path, um, the doors start opening. And then I've learned through difficulties and other ways that when the doors close, keep them closed, you know, because sometimes that's not part of your path. So um, I think it's really, you know, important to stay open and learn, you know, the spiritual, you know, rules, the laws of the universe. Um, and then just understanding and, and actually the universe is my teacher, you know, like when I go out in nature, I get taught, you know, by different, by the, the systems, the, the engine in winter and the spring and new birth, um, you know, the summer, the simmering, like in you know your abundance, and then everything closed down in winter. Um, the animals that come around, so uh, the, you know at a certain times, seeing certain numbers, eleven, eleven, it's opening up to your path. So the universe will constantly teach you. That was really my teacher. Um, some books, you know, of course, have helped me, and other situations. But what's really kind of magical is that I ask, and then I always get an answer. I call it triple A. then I got to take action you know it's like the water the water the waves go out and it comes back the sun rises and the sun sets ask the universe you'll get an answer you don't like them all the time but you'll get an answer
1: (laughs) I agree when I'm in nature I notice that nothing in nature is capable of self-abuse and therefore I don't think humans are either we may Mm -hmm. say we are but I don't think we're really doing that I think that's a misstatement I also see that in nature, there is no blame. Mm
0: mm-hmm.
1: I've never once seen an animal stop and say, "Maybe I shouldn't eat this plant." <laughs>
4: yeah,
1: right.
4: Yeah, they're just beyond. Yeah, they just are in their Zen mindful moments
1: <clears throat> And how, how perfect mm-hmm. for us when we can let go of blaming ourselves and guilt-tripping ourselves for being alive and for being humans
4: oh 100% yeah I feel like there's a reason for us to be here and then it's time to go and move on hmm. you know, yeah and growing. it's so in.
1: remarkable to work with children
4: it is because they're very open and I was surprised that every kid I worked with at UCLA they all had purposes it's very weird they were like 11, 6, 7 and I would say what are you here for like in the clinic, and they would say, oh, I'm here to help the (laughs) sea. Or I'm here for uh, the ocean, to clean up the ocean. Or I'm here for planetary evolution. I'm like, I'm here for global warming. These are little kids. These are 11, 10. And I was like, and when I asked them, what are they here? They heard me talk to their soul. You know, and some of the parents would say, oh, this is this crazy thing. They see things are here for global warming. And I was like, no, that's, I'm glad they Oh, know no, no, necessary. this is true.
0: <laughs> yeah, <laughs>
4: it, it was magical. And it, it's just, I guess because I pulled out the chakra chart, they were like, oh, what am I here for? I called it like my my um, um, moving uh, Hogwarts school. I would go different places, <laughs> talk to the kids, and it felt like I was, you know, in uh, the Hogwarts school or Harry Potter or something, <laughs> They're, most of the kids I worked with, you know, they had they felt auras, they felt energy, they were intuitive. It is,
0: it was wild, and
4: that's why they were quote unquote sick, because they just absorbed energy, and no one told them how to clear it, and you know to put it, um, to to ground themselves. Like they were like young, little um, magicians, and you know little pets. Cat- magical beings that weren't trained. There's no, you know, like schools anymore. There's no Hogwarts schools. There's not a lot of, um, what do they call them? Um, mystery schools, you know? So a lot of times through trauma is where people open to their shamanic path, to their mystery path. So that's why I try to catch them when I was working in mental health and I worked when people were hospitalized. If they were open, if they were ready, if they were seeking, the universe would set us up. To meet, to talk, to normalize, to support, to educate.
1: Ah, it's such a delight speaking with you. I really appreciate what you're doing. I want to make sure that people can get in touch with you.
4: Uh, yeah. So my website is Intuitive Soul Healing, and I moved out of California, I'm in Connecticut, and near the woods, which I love. And I have a, um, a conscious Healing, a new company a little healing center conscious creation it's just me the crystals and i do healing and i do classes and meditation um you can follow me on instagram it's now i just changed my name to conscious creations so of connecticut um and my name of course carolyn coldridge and you can always text me 323-782-9085 and i do readings and it's I work date by work with a seven masters. And then um, you can check me out on Facebook. How to Work with the Universe is one of my groups. And I do another group with uh, another woman about the inner earth. So you can follow me on How to Work with the Universe where I post things. Several different ways to get in touch with me.
1: All right. Lots of ways to be in touch with you. I like that. Thank you so much for that. Sure. I have an idea that we are reweaving the healing cloak of the ancients. Mm. And I want mm. to thank you for the threads that you have brought to this endeavor and the deftness of your weaving and the way that you have spun fibers together to make them stronger.
4: Mm. Interesting, it's my third, but my fourth book is about
1: kind of weaving the thread of people's lives <laughs> yeah Indeed. it's a metaphor I think that is very to women's hearts there's a wonderful book called women's work the first 20,000 years and it's about spinning mm,
4: interesting
1: <laughs> so thank you for being you and all of you and thank you for all that you are doing And Sarah Ellen thank you for all that you're doing and you're helping to restore herbal medicine as people's medicine, green blessings, are right out your back door. Good night, everybody. Green blessings until we meet again next week.
4: Thank you.